Blog Talk Radio. people and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I've got some great news and a very special guest here with me right now. It's Mike Sacklerides, the host of our weekday morning show here on KGIO. Hi Mike, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. I want to thank you for inviting me to your show this morning. We're up bright and early on a Sunday morning and getting ready to make our appearance at the Pet Expo today. That's right. It's a pretty exciting event. It's the biggest animal event of the year here in Southern California. California, and there's going to be pet rescues, pet shows. If you ever were interested in a specific breed, you can see every possible breed of dog and cat and rabbit and you name it and birds, everything. And I love the Orange County Fairgrounds. I think it's the ideal place for families to get together on this Sunday morning. Oh, it's lots of fun, and and we're going to be out there trying to meet all of our radio listeners, and yeah. I'd love to meet them. Now, what time do the gates open again? I just want to refresh myself on that. Oh, my goodness. You're asking me a stumper. I think it's 10 o'clock, possibly 9, but just do a search on the Internet for Orange County Pet Expo, and you can find out all of the hours and the costs. It's actually very affordable, a great family Entertainment Day. Well, I got a few things I got to do, but I'm going to be there at noontime. I okay. promise you, I'll be there at noon, and we'll spend the next hour or two together with our friends and listeners here at Retro 1260. Very good. So, listeners, if you want to spend a really fun day, head on down to the Orange County Fairgrounds for the 2010 Pet Expo and come say hello to Mike and me. And I've got some very interesting guests waiting in the wings here for our show. It's Carol Pearson from the Dog Squad and David Edelstein, a bully breed advocate. All this and more are just on the other side of the break, so stay right where you are, tuned in to the Pet Place Radio Show. Hello again, you're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's my pleasure to introduce Carol Pearson from the Dog Squad. Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. What a cool name, the Dog Squad. Thank Reminds you. me of an old show I used to watch. Mm, the Mod Squad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to admit it, because that kind of gives away how old I am. But. It's dating both of us, yes. <laughs> So we're always here at the Pet Place looking for organizations and people who help animals in need, and that's exactly what the Dog Squad does, isn't it? Correct. We specialize in the dogs that are difficult, Rottweilers and Pitbulls, oh, okay. and also the medically needy dogs. The okay. joke around Dog Squad is if they have all its parts, it's not a Dog Squad dog. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's a cute little golden retriever, you know. We pass. You pass. Let one of the other rescues handle it. Yeah. Okay. So that's tough, though, placing the Rotties and the Pits and the uh, the disabled pets. How do you manage? And we just have patience. It takes time. Um, we don't put a time limit on any of the dogs that are in our group. Okay. And we are very careful about placement. We have very strict rules about where the pit bulls, Rottweilers go. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that process. Um. In order to adopt a dog from us, you need to fill out an application, either online or in person. And we do contact your references. We do contact your vets. 
And in the case of the Rottweilers and Pitbulls, your insurance company. Okay. Homeowners or renters. Do you need a little extra insurance? Um, you could, there are only two insurance companies that will insure you if you have certain breeds. Oh, okay. Otherwise, there are breed restrictions, which is absolutely unfair, but it's, yes, exists. it exists. Yeah. You know, it's a fact, so we have to just go with it. Okay, so if they have an insurance company that disallows that breed, do you recommend that they get a different insurance and advise them where to go? We do. We actually tell them which insurance companies will insure them with our dogs, mm-hmm. and if they really, really want our dog, they will change insurance companies, and we have an agent who works for one of the insurance companies who helps the transition. Now, the reason you do this is because later down the road, their insurance company might find out through accident or claim that they have one of these Correct. breeds that they've specifically said no-go. Right. And suddenly they're in a position of having to get rid of the dog. They're in a position of having to return the dog or if something really tragic happens, the dog can be confiscated by animal control, and then we have a problem. Right. So I don't want anything to happen to our dogs. So okay. we're extremely careful about placement, and we'll keep them forever if we have to. And do you do home checks to make sure they have a suitable home oh, yes. and a suitable yard? And oh, yes. And we do meet stuff. and greets if they have other dogs on neutral territory. We're very slow in our adoption process. Okay. Are people pretty understanding of that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we've never had a complaint, really. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that people can fill out an application online, so you must have a website. We do. It's www.dogsquad.org. Excellent. And do you have photographs of the critters on site? We do. It's a great website. We've actually had some nice compliments. We have photographs of all the adoptable dogs. We have a section for the adopted dogs called Happy Tales, Success Stories. Oh. And um, it's really fun. It has our events on it and different things that you can do to participate in Dog Squad. Oh, do you have some special events coming up? We do. Um, on April 25th, we're actually having an awesome yard sale. Uh-huh. On May 1st, we're participating in Big Sunday, which May 1st is a Saturday, but they're accommodating us because our adoptions are on Saturday. Um, we're volunteers from Big Sunday, which is a huge nonprofit which helps other nonprofits. They're sure. coming to do a dog wash. Ah. And we're going to have a little art show on May 8th. Oh, that's so we do fun. a lot of little things to help raise money for our animals. And all of the locations and times and additional It will be on the website. Oh, that's yes. fabulous. Yeah. Who maintains the website? Is it all volunteers? Everything is volunteer. We all have real jobs, nine-to-five jobs, and everything for Dog Squad is volunteer. Nobody's paid a dime. Wow. Is there a shelter associated with it, or are your animals housed in foster homes? Most of the animals are in foster homes. Okay. I take in the Rottweilers because they're my breed, and I understand them, and I can be the alpha dog in the house. Okay. We have a pit bull foster. We have a small dog foster, and then we have a variety of dog fosters. Some of the dogs are boarded at my vet's office, mm-hmm. and they're walked twice a day, and I go see them and play with them twice a day. Oh, before and after work. Sounds like you are very active. Do you have very much help? (laughs) Um, We have a good core group of volunteers. Okay. Really good core group of volunteers. So it's not everybody's wonderful. It's we're friends and 
it's good camaraderie. Sounds like you might need a few more volunteers. I would love more volunteers. <laughs> you can also sign up to volunteer from the website. And could you also foster? You can foster. There's a foster application on the website. Okay. And, of course, there's a donation form on the website because mm-hmm. we always need help with medical bills and That's boarding right. costs. Does it get pretty expensive? I imagine if you're rescuing pit bulls out of shelters, a lot of those might have been former fighters right. and have some substantial uh, vet care that's needed. Right. The vet care does get very expensive. Even just our adoption donation does not even cover the cost of spaying and neutering a dog. Oh, wow. It's, you know, so we subsist mainly on the kindness of strangers and friends (laughs) who help us with the boarding costs and the vet bills. Now, how do you hear about all these animals? Do the shelters notify you, or do you Um, just scope out all the shelters? The shelters notify me of the Rottweilers. And if okay. I can take them in, I take them in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I go onto the websites and take a look and see if I can find a dog who will fit in with one of our foster homes or with our group. They Most of our dogs should be dog-friendly because all our foster homes are multiple dog homes. Okay. Um, also, like last Sunday, I picked up a little dog in the parking lot. He was running wild. He had no collar. I scanned him for a microchip, and I took him to the nearest shelter to give his people a chance. Right, to come and claim him. Supposed to do when you find a little lost dog. Right, and if no one claims him, I'll go get him. Wow, that's exactly what I want to hear from people, and I'm so glad you brought that up because all too often people find a little dog, and they think, oh, it's ours now. No, no, no. (laughs) It's accidents happen. Yes. I mean, my gardener a couple years ago left my gate open, and my dog got out. Uh If someone hadn't scanned him. And I was called. I would be heartbroken if they had kept my dog. Yeah. So it's only fair. I mean, you you know, in the back of your mind, you think, oh, they don't deserve the dog if they let the dog go loose right. without a collar. Mm-hmm. But accidents happen. Sure. You could have just given the dog a bath and right. then the collar and tag is hanging up on the bathtub somewhere. Right. And while it's not a great idea, most people, some people take the collars and tags off because the clinking sounds mm-hmm. annoys them with the right. tags and they only put it on when they're taking them for walks. Mm-hmm. But there's always accidents, so we always take the dogs to the shelter and give the people a chance. And that brings up another point. If you have your pet microchipped, even if you've accidentally uh, lost the collar and tag or have taken it off for whatever reason, it still has that backup, which is so important because that's the voice for your pet. Right. And it's actually a law that all dogs now in L.A. County need to be microchipped. Really? In so L.A. You, County, it's a law to have a microchip? You have to have your dog microchipped. Oh, that's excellent. And it is a lifesaver. I can't emphasize enough for everyone to get their dogs microchipped. Your vet will do it. The shelters will do it. Come to our adoptions. I'll microchip your dog for a slight donation because it's so important to keep track of your dog and your heart will be broken. It's your pet's voice. It's its ticket it to get back home it again. Is. And the microchip companies are on it 24-7. Mm-hmm. They're great. And if you've adopted a pet from a shelter, often the animal shelters have their own little databases in addition right. to the national databases right. for the microchips. Right. I know that we keep a database with everybody's name, adoption, information, microchip, and the county and city shelters do the same, and I'm sure most of the other rescue groups do the same. So if the microchip company calls me and says, I found one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, Mm -hmm. I can look it up and go, I've got to call Mr. Jones, his dog's out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great fail-safe. I can't even say enough good things about it. Yeah, it's so important. It's just 
the most important thing you can do for your pet. You can do your cats, too. Absolutely, and bunnies and turtles and everybody, whatever your you children, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you personally get involved in rescue? Were you just passionate about this all your life? I've always loved animals, mm-hmm. always. And um, I was a volunteer with Best Friends Animal Society. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, I was their volunteer coordinator here in Los Angeles for five years. And uh, this always makes me cry when I talk about it. There was a big adoption event at Barker Hangar with shelter animals only. They gave me a Rottweiler to hold on to and get adopted, and she didn't get adopted. Aww. And she had to go back to the shelter, and I just went, not going to happen. Uh-huh. So I adopted her and went, great, now what? What am I going to do with you now? Oh, no. And I actually networked her and found her a home, and I thought, well, that was so easy. Let's do this again. The next dog was a nightmare, but I found him a home and just sort of snowballed. Wow. Yeah. And you've been doing it ever since, and I know that you have a lot of real fun ways of uh, naming your your dogs <laughs> if they come in. Yeah, when we they have, come in. Yeah, we have fun with it. We just had a litter of puppies come in from um, a home, a backyard, that they they just gave us the puppies. And I just, I had all six of these puppies at my house, and my head was pounding with the whining. They were only four weeks old. Uh-oh. So they were named Bayer, Motrin, Excedrin, Advil, <laughs> Aleve, and Tylenol. <laughs> so even though the they theme. were remedies, they weren't necessarily helping. No, they weren't helping at all. <laughs> Wow. Carol, it sounds like you have a lot of fun doing what you do. do. We have a great time. And I hope the years to come give you continued success. Let's get your website out there one more time so everybody can write it down and swamp you with uh, emails. Great. www.dogsquad.org. Very good. It's time for our morning break now, but we'll be right back on Retro 1260 with David Edelstein, who speaks for the bully breeds here on the Pet Place Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to introduce a gentleman that I had the privilege to meet at a recent pet event in Orange County. It's David Edelstein. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Marie. And you also brought some buddies with you. I brought with me Team Pitiful. This is Forrest (laughs) and Little Days and Mr. Kane. Forrest, Little Days, and Mr. Kane. And these are all... They're all, they're all pit bulls and pit bull mixes. Okay. Uh, Forrest is actually a mastiff pit bull. He is uh, American, big. American pit bull terrier. Mm-hmm. Days is yellow lab and pit bull terrier and mix. She's and she's a little smaller. And she's a little smaller. She's about 45 pounds. Okay. And Kane is my only purebred. He's American Staffordshire okay. terrier. Okay, and he's a pretty big guy. He's coming in at about 86 pounds. And uh, these guys are all super well behaved. They're all just laying on the floor here and... Just acting like sweethearts, and I know that they met all the the radio staff uh, here a little earlier. And, oh, they and made fans all the way from the elevator <laughs> all the way up. <laughs> and our, our earlier guest on the show met him too, and she yes. fell in love and got lots of kisses from, always, from your little always. dogs, your big dogs. <laughs> and so these guys are not at all the picture of what people think of when they think of pit bulls. No, they're far from what you'd see on the eleven o'clock news or on the on the cover of the L.A. Times. Yeah. Far from that. And and for me, this is what a pit bull is like, the ones that you have with you. They're beautiful dogs. They're loyal dogs. 
They're well-trained and friendly. The breed was actually referred to as America's dog up until about the 1930s, 1940s. Uh, through World War II. Uh, there's some of us in this country that are actually trying to restore that name, uh, restore the name of Pitbull as America's dog again. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why, one, they're getting such a bad rap, it's a very, very cliche, but they're getting a bad reputation uh, because of the very irresponsible few. Um, but they are they were originally bred to be a general purpose dog uh, in the British Isles way back in the 1600s. Uh, slowly as they immigrated and were breeds were mixed and brought to the United States, they found because they're a terrier, they're a hardy dog, this is a good dog for fighting. This is a good dog for breeding, mm-hmm. for, for um, uh, doing organized fights and, and matches. And, the bad uh, side of it's humanity. It's all how it, how it kind of all started rolling forward. And well, I know my grandmother told me that she always had terriers growing up, so I pictured these little yippee terriers, you know? But as I looked through family albums, every single terrier that she had was a pit bull. And they were big old happy dogs with happy dog smiles, and and they were exactly like the dog you would see on Little Rascals or on the... The RCA RCA dog dog. and Theodore Roosevelt's dog and Helen Keller's dog and Michael J. Fox's dog. Yeah, they were just, you know, goofy family pets. and, And I'm just so disappointed in people who use these dogs in a way that that creates a problem. It is it's a it's a serious problem. The the dynamic surrounding this breed is just huge uh, between the irresponsible human element. Uh, we've got no no offense to you guys, the media and, mm-hmm. and what they have uh, they've kind of ridden on the back of this breed and getting the, the headlines and the sensationalized. You know, flash news at 11. Um, the government has kind of stepped in more at the city, state, and county level, more at the municipal level and How state so? level. Well, in the entire state of Colorado, there's a ban on the breed. You're okay. not allowed to have this breed in that state at all. We're in the process of changing that. We're actually at a cornerstone right now where there is a lot of change going on. There's a new bill going to the House floor uh, that everybody's supporting, and we're writing our congressmen, and we're, we're getting everybody to kind of gang in on this one. So um, what happens if you've had this wonderful family pet, and all of a sudden your, your city or your county bans it? What a lot of the city individual municipalities are doing is they'll they'll either do a grandfather, but they but with stipulations, you need to carry one million dollar of a homeowner's insurance. The dog cannot go out in public without a muzzle. Wow. Um, you've got to put up X amount of feet of fencing. You've got to put signage up, but only this breed. Whether the dog did anything or not, only this breed. And so it's it still be discriminatory. And it the sweetest dog in the world. Like, and it can still like be the sweetest dog, dog in the world. And it still has these. Right. Then you've got places like Denver, Colorado, who did have a few incidences, just like Los Angeles or New York, Chicago, Miami, Seattle, Washington. They uh, instated a law back in 1989 banning the breed. Um, we've approached them, we meaning Pitbull advocates going all the way back to 1989 with statistical data, with uh, American temperament test results, with the uh, views of veterinaries, uh, veterinary doctors, professional trainers. No one in Denver is listening. So that, that, that leaves someone no like sense. me. I'm not a politician, but mm-hmm. you know, looking from the outside in, reading between the lines, there's a political agenda going on there. What kind of political agenda can you have? I'm not asleep at the wheel. 
for public safety. Therefore, I'm going to get reelected next term <sighs> on my dog's backs. Wow. That's, That's where the two boys came from. They're actually, Forrest is the very first uh, death row survivor from Denver. Kane is the second. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, Forrest was very, very high profile in the summer of 2008 um, when people from all over the world were writing an email, sending faxes to the mayor's office. And they weren't uh, going to let him They weren't going to let him go. And thank God... President-elect Obama came to Denver on his presidential tour, uh-huh. and the city of Denver wanted us to go away very, very quickly and quietly. So best friends up in Utah <laughs> stepped in, negotiated his release, and his terms were never to go back to the original owner and to leave the state of Colorado. Well, that's sad for the original owner. Was the original owner irresponsible? Or um, was there a no, he, he got out of his fence. He, he, he might have put up a better fence in his backyard, mm-hmm. but the dog was in excellent health, excellent uh, nature, very good demeanor. This was not an abused dog. This was not a fought dog. This was not a neglected dog. So the owner neglected to put up a, a, a sturdy enough fence. If that's his biggest offense, you know, yeah. some of us have done a lot worse than that. Oh, I walk my dog in the neighborhood, and I tell you, I can't walk 100 yards without one of my neighbor's dogs coming out of its yard and running up to us. Right. Right. And that is really scary sometimes. Because you never know what's going to happen, especially when one dog's on a leash and another dog isn't. Right. One's socialized, one isn't. Exactly. One's gotten adequate exercise, one hasn't. Mm -hmm. So what I call it is setting the dog up for failure. Right. Either the dog's been tethered in the backyard, or it hasn't been spayed or neutered, or it's got a lousy diet, it's got medical needs, uh, it's never been socialized, it doesn't go out for exercise. There's all kinds of different things that come along with responsible ownership. You take even one of those things out and neglect it long enough, you're setting the dog up for a problem. That's right. And then... The dog gets out in public If and it's a pit bull and it has a problem, then it's going to make all the headlines. It's going to make all the headlines. But sometimes, if it's a golden if, retriever, it won't. Sometimes even when it's not a pit bull, it still comes across as a pit bull. Oh, and yeah. And we're actually... We're <laughs> actually... Um, I've contacted Fox News across the street uh-huh. here a few times because we've contacted the individual municipal shelter and said, in fact, the dog that was on the 11 o'clock news last night, that was not a pit bull. No, it wasn't. It was a German shepherd. We call Fox back and say, you need to recant the story. Did they? And they come back the next night and say, We're, we apologize. We the, the dog that was involved in the uh, report that we did last night was, in fact, not a pit bull. But it's almost too late because... By that point, the everybody's standing planted. around the water cooler saying, did you hear about that The seed has been planted, right. And then people walk on the other side of the street if they see you coming with a pit bull. The public stigma is, is beyond you, me, and, and the people across the street. It's just, it's huge. We are constantly avoided by people just like that. So what can we do? Do you have a... Uh, an organization that I that work with actually several organizations, a lot of rescues. Uh, one of the strongest prevention organizations is an organization up in San Francisco run by my friend Chris Crawford, and that's for Pitt's sake. Okay. And her, she does rescue, but predominantly she's about prevention. And, and she's going back to the very, very root of the problem that is who is making bad dogs. Well, it's not the people in Bel Air or Laguna Beach. It's coming from the barrio. It's coming from the ghettos. And what she does is she uses really good role models to go, you don't have to get these dogs and fight them. 
you could do something else with your life instead. You don't have to be a gangbanger or a drug dealer. You could do something else with your life. And she brings these professional fighters in and go, he's got fame, he's got fortune, he lives a healthy lifestyle, he competes for a living, he's an athlete. A human can, fighter, not a, a, a human fighter. A human fighter, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. And uh, so she's using positive role models like that, and she actually has these athletes come with her into schools mm-hmm. and talk to the kids so they can relate because she's Caucasian. She's middle-aged. Why would you know a young Hispanic male in, in Compton or in East Los Angeles want to listen to her? They bring someone that the kids can relate to. All of a sudden, they're listening. She's up in the Bay Area. She's got the city of San Jose in her back pocket. They love her. Now, what she has done also, and this is something that kind of goes unsaid, is when the space shuttle blew up back in the 1980s, mm-hmm. they called her and her dogs to come do search and rescue. Really? When there's a major fire, when there's a bomb threat, mm-hmm. FBI calls her. Wow. The city calls for this. You know, when, when, the, uh, when the Twin Towers went down, they called her. And she has FEMA called her. She has three pit bulls, wow. and they are probably... Probably up in the in the in the in the top one percentile in the country for search and rescue dogs of any breed. That's amazing. Breed. You know, we have so much more to talk about, and these segments go by so fast. Any chance I could get you to come back again? Sure. Okay. Surely. <laughs> well, we are definitely going to stay in touch. But right now, we have to take a very quick break. But when we return, it'll be time for Pet Place news and events here on KGIL and the Pet Place Radio Show. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. I'm just going to mention again that Mike Sacklerides and I will be representing KGIL and the Pet Place at the Orange County Pet Expo today at the Orange County Fairgrounds. So be sure to stop by and say hello. Mike will be there around noon. I'm going to head over there right after the show. And we would love to meet all of you listeners and hear your feedback about the station and our shows. General admission to the Pet Expo is just $12. Seniors are $10. Kids 6 to 12 are $6. And the little ones 5 and under are absolutely free. This is the biggest Pet Expo you can imagine with shows, education, a petting zoo, pet gear, and a whole lot more. So come on down. And don't forget to email us at the Pet Place to let us know what you'd like to hear about on the program. Find out all of our contact information at www.thepetplace.org. Remember, this is a show that we do for you, the pet people out there. So drop us a line every now and then and say hello. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please, stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.